This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the Scarf Pagara War. For county fans. By county fans. Oh, great flick up by Alan Armstrong. people and welcome to the Scarf Begala War, the podcast for county fans by county fans. I'm a vaguely festive Nick Lee here to guide you through the latest goings on with a strict focus on by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. Joy to the world, I'm not on my own. In the immortal words of Noddy Holder, come on feel the noise. He's replacing the S's in his name for Z's tonight. It's Russ Johnson, you alright Russ? You alright mate? <laughs> alright mate. You scumbag, you maggot, you taped over taggart. It's Dave Espley. <laughs> I didn't mean to, sorry. <laughs> Someone's got him, mate. No one likes Alex Ferguson anyway. <laughs> and he's driving home for Christmas because, as we learnt last week, the tram's no good for him. It's Dave Lawrence. <laughs> All right, mate. Nice, nice little call back there. We had to get that in. <laughs> uh, now, with it being Christmas and that, we're having ourselves a drink tonight. Russ, Russ and Dave Long, lager. Dave Espley, rum. Me, white Russian. Different drinks for different needs. I'm feeling festive, Russ. Why don't you jingle my bells? Oh, I'd love to jingle your bells, mate. Well, today or tonight, we've got all the stuff that we've watched on the telly box. Notts County, obviously, the result uh, earlier in the week. We've got a Geisley preview for the weekend. I'm going to cover the new lights in the Cheetland, if you've not heard about that. And then later on, we'll talk everything tea party with uh, with Dave Espley. Uh, just to remind everybody, last week's pod is still available with Chloe. Uh, and all the other pods that we put on onto uh, onto the various platforms, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, or any um, reputable podcast player. And don't forget, and some less than reputable ones as well. Uh, I don't forget, Anchor was, to be honest. <laughs> don't forget, <laughs> <is it>? don't <laughs> forget <laughs> you can go to www.scarfbagarawar.co.uk where you'll find all of our content and all of our information. And when you're a massive narcissist and a bit pompous like me, then um, it also <laughs> helps as well. I'm fully on board. I'm a I'm a brand bitch now. 
I mean, you know, like people are trying to outpop each other. It smelled like egg and tasted like cider. I've even shouted at ball boys. That's the type of mad arsery that I can't get behind. I've learnt that Dave wasn't part of the move to, to get us away from Edgeley Park. We couldn't afford an engraved carriage clock for you, so here's that that bird yeah. from the Cheadleland full of bird yeah. shit. In a week where we lost former Liverpool manager Gerard Houllier and celebrity tip flasher and former gangsters mole Barbara Windsor, we saw a lot of great county on the telly. <laughs> 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 right, so first, let's cover uh, the loss at Notts County and whether we're going to get all embarrassed about it and whether there's any shit on, on on display. Go! Go! <laughs> it, it was oh, it was horrible, wasn't it? It was just, a, it was just your, your classic county on telly performance, really. We, we just always tend to be let down when we're on telly and it was, it was the same again. I was, it was very depressing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Bad, bad night. Uh, we 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 had best of the first ten minutes. Then we just, to my mind, just slipped right out of it and could never get back in. Then when they scored up the goal, that was that was always going to be the only goal. I think. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't think we even edged the first ten minutes. I, you, you could you could tell from from the get go really that they they just had a little bit more about themselves than we did. They were first to sec- They were first to first balls and first to second balls. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with what's been said there, but I think it was a, a, a lot about confidence as well. We just didn't look like we were convinced about our own abilities, and now we've played quite well at times this season and deservedly won, you know, quite a few games. But that was completely different. I'm not seeing that that side of this current county team yet. Do you think? It happens, though. I mean, it's, I remember um, going back to 96, 97, and we played Brentford, I think, at home after one of the amazing cup wins. It could have been the West Ham draw. I'm not sure which game it was that preceded it. But we were shite that day. And uh, I think we were a better team then in that season um, than we are now. I'm not, I'm not just meaning because we were two leagues ahead. I just think uh, overall we dominated the league more than we are doing now. But you're just gonna, you, you are going to get these games. And I suppose the main question for me is, how we bounce back from it, because I still do think we are one of the best teams in this division, if not the best. Um, the the COVID break is gonna is gonna have cost us a bit because you know we have to make up those games. So uh, yeah, oh, it remains to be seen, but it's not the end of the season by any means. No, I, I, but just going back to that though, Dave, I I thought that Notts County were better than us in every, in every department. It sort of made me think, shit, you know, all this all this money we've spent, all these players we've got in, they looked. They looks like they look more like men than we did. They they just, they just had the others at arms like I'd, I'd, for most of the match. I'd agree. I, I, yeah, I definitely would agree in that game. I suppose what I'm saying is that still could have been a one-off. Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are better than us as players generally, because you could you could flip it round and say, look at how we looked against Rochdale. You know, we looked by far the yeah, better, yeah, better team yeah. against Rochdale. So that was a team in League One that we were absolutely bossing off the pitch at their own place, albeit without fans. So, yeah, I, I, I do take the point. And if we carry on playing like that, maybe we are in a false position, we've got false expectations, and we're actually a mid-table, upper-table team this year. But I think I've seen enough of, of our excellent performances to think that this that the Notts game was, was the aberration rather than the, the norm, yeah. you see what I mean? Yeah. Well, while we're talking about the, about Notts and the reaction, I think it's probably the, the finest time to incorporate Bedwetter Watch 
So, in terms of bedwetting this week, the thing winding me up the most is the people saying we've been crap all season and this result has been coming, which is, quite frankly, absolute bollocks. Would you agree? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, people saying we've spent all season hoofing it to Bennett and hoping for the best. No, we've done that for 90 minutes on Tuesday and it got us nowhere. But no way have we been doing that no, all I season. Think, no the, the thing is, yeah. the, the, the hoofing it to Bennett didn't work. It was clearly not working from the, from the start. But So I don't I don't understand why we continue to do that. Someone can explain yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. We just seem to... It was a staggering lack of creativity and invention. Um, and just going back to what you said before, Ross, about not keeping us at arm's length, they did. They just looked so much more confident than we did. And as soon as they scored, that was it. We, it was just, we were just never going to score. Um, as soon, it was the footballing equivalent of a dwarf trying to punch you in yeah, the bollocks, that, and you just <laughs> put your hand on it. Yeah, that, that's what it was like. But it, it looked like we had no plan B. There was just nothing. And the, the more you persist with this uh, direct ball to Bennett, um, the, the, the less it's going to work. We we just didn't seem to know how to react to it, and it was it was it was a little bit of an eye opener, to be honest. You know that when we come up against teams that are um, of similar ability to us, and that happens where you know they go a goal ahead and we're, we're struggling a little bit, you've got to got a plan B, and we just didn't have one. It was it was. A little bit embarrassing, wasn't it? Is that down to the manager, though? Because it, it's interesting that I, I do I do agree with what you were saying. And you think, you know, why are we still humping it forward when it's clearly not working? You would imagine Gannon's seen that. And are the players just not reacting? Are they not listening? It can't be that he's not seen it. And he's just thinking, oh, well, if we carry on with this, we'll get the equaliser. Because he's not that kind of manager. And he's proven mm-hmm. time and again that when st- stuff isn't working, he will tinker, he'll change stuff around, he'll change the formation. They'll move guys from midfield to back yeah. or forward or whatever. So yeah. it can't. It surely can't be that he was just think watching it like us and thinking, "Fucking hell, this is crap." He must have been trying stuff, and the, I suppose the question is, why wasn't that stuff working? Yeah, BT, BT made a big thing of the fact that he was constantly on at the players, like giving them instructions and shouting and what have you. So. I mean, call me naive, I don't think he was shouting to say, yeah, keep playing it long to Bennett and hoping for the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i all for the kind of fluid formation. You know, we, we tend to play a few guessing games between ourselves, don't we, when the, the team's announced as to what the uh, mm. formation is. But Tuesday, I really couldn't work it out. No, I'm obviously no, no Jim Gannon. Obviously, that's why I'm sat here doing a podcast and, you know, he's not. But... I couldn't work out where Keane was supposed to be playing. I mean, we're playing a back three. Are we playing two defensive midfielders? It was just really odd. I mean, was Williams a uh, left wing back or was he, you know, uh, a left winger, part of a front three? Why are we so lopsided then if he is a left winger? Because there's no one playing on the right. Um, it just seems to be a little bit like Williams was kind of shoe-horned in a little bit. And obviously he's taking Kitching off as well. Uh, our our best our best wide player. Um, it was yeah. extremely odd. I just I just think that I just think that their um, manager is it Neil Erdley? Neil Hardley? Neil Hardley, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just Neil think Adley, he got yeah. it right on the night, <laughs> to coin a phrase. Because it just seemed like when they had the ball there was and there was somebody in space and it was generally those two those two midfielders you know, on the on the inside. 
They just Absolutely, seem to have loads yeah. of space all the time. And that left fullback, and we'll, we'll come on to him in a, in a minute, I'm, I'm sure. That left fullback <laughs> seems to have acres and acres all the time. It wasn't happening down the right, but down the left it was. So I and, and what infuriated me about that left back is that he was right footed as well. They, they had a right footed left back, and we didn't even make an effort to put him on his weaker foot or anything. It's very strange. Shouldn't be allowed that, should it? Should get VAR on it. Or <laughs> Come on, you're not. Oh, going, Come on. To the, going to the second half, oh. I completely forgot that Rooney was playing. Such was our stubborn persistence yeah. with hitting it long every time. I forgot he was playing. And. You know, we've seen it in pre-season. We've seen it in a few games this season. If we play the ball through the centre and Rooney's involved, we tend to do well. We tend to score goals. And you would think it would be a natural progression, right, this direct ball to Bennett's not working. Let's get it on the floor through the middle, get Rooney involved. And it just didn't happen. Our best player was kind of like looking, you know, tracking the ball over his head every time it was every time it was coming forward. I, I, I think Rooney was played out of the game by not only by their players, their team and their tactics, but by us as well with that long ball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely best, right. You know, we, we, everyone goes on about him, best player in the league. Yeah, he might be, but if you're not using him, then how, yeah, how, yeah. How, you know, how can he be? I also don't think he needs to play that deep, does he? Because you've, if even though Keane went off, you've still got Maynard in there. Um, you know, you, you're, playing, you're playing Jennings and you can still play with, with Rooney further forward. Just yeah, uh, you need to get like you say. You need to get him involved, yeah. or else what's the point? Have you not known? I know he doesn't like the comparison. I know he doesn't like the comparisons to his brother, but that's who he reminded me of on Tuesday night. Just dropping deeper and deeper and deeper, just in frustration more than anything else. Just wanting to get the ball somehow, and that that it just reminded me of Wayne I don't on think Tuesday that's, night. I don't think it's exclusive to the Rooney brothers. I think any any player. No, no. Any oh, any, any yeah. player in a team that sees themselves as the best player likes to get the game by the scruff of the neck, especially if you're losing. So they come deep to get the, they want to come deep yeah. and get the ball all the time because that's where that's where the play builds up from. It's from the back, isn't it? So they want to come deep, get it, and do something with it. You've seen you probably see it in the playground when you were when you were kids. The player that wants the ball all the time stood on the fucking next to the goal. Give me the ball, I'll have it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. like, it's that ill discipline that he can't stick to his position. You might, I don't know where he got told to play. I mean, I don't know, obviously, but that's what that's what those hu- success hungry players always want to do. Uh, Beckham, Beckham, when we when we got when he when he dragged us to the World Cup, um, he was he was defending in the corner flag, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? Dragging us, dragging us out, out you know, out of defence. So. I just think it was that. I just think what what I do take exception to. I'm sorry, Dave. I've got to mention it, Dave. Dave Long is the word embarrassing because okay. I think it's completely out of context. Really, it might it might be embarrassing for that one game because we was on telly. But in the grand scheme of things, when we've lost to Rush All Olympic and Nantwich and all those kind of things, I don't think playing yeah. BT Sport and getting beat one nil by a very good team is embarrassing. I, I never said that it was the result that was embarrassing. No, it was Abs- a performance absolutely, for me. One hundred percent. Even the, the performance. performance, because the thing that wound me up the most about that is we're on national telly. Yeah, we're against a promotion rival, and we let ourselves down badly. Badly let ourselves down. It wasn't even like, <clears throat> excuse me, it wasn't even like we played well. Or we were unlucky, or we made a few chances, and their keeper kept a minute at, at times. It wasn't even anywhere near as good as we can play, and we badly let ourselves down. And that, for me, that's what the, the, the embarrassing thing was. 
I agree with that, yeah. Is it more of a missed opportunity, though? I mean, I, I wouldn't... For me, I wouldn't use the word embarrassing, so... I'm giving, Nick, I'm giving uh, Russ a bit of support. Here. I think it's 2-2. 2 against two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think take your point. I just yeah. probably wouldn't... I think same word and I'd probably say you missed opportunity yeah we're talking semant- we're, we're, it's yeah. semantics isn't it I mean embarrassing I just think yeah. is a I mean let's, we probably don't even need to argue the word do we but embarrassing just seems a bit harsh you know it wasn't I didn't feel shameful or humiliated by it alright we lost 1-0 I'm telling you to County I'm not embarrassed I'm more embarrassed when we lose fucking 1-0 at home to Rush All Olympic and I've got to go to work on Monday no I, 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 yeah, I, I, yeah. I completely agree. It was just the manner of it. We we didn't play as well as we know we can. Yeah, and I'm and I'm sure the players and you know and the coaching staff and the management all all know that and they're all very aware of that. But when we've got this spotlight, we're on the you know on BT and they're kind of warming up for the West Ham game and the, and the building up, building the Knots game as a, you know two promotion rivals and that and look at you know the fanfare surrounding County and everything. Um, mm. we just fell flat. We, it was it was that that let us down and that was what really wound me up. Yeah. The, the, the people trying to spin it into some sort of massive crisis. I mean, we, we've won five and a half. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this. Let's start with that, and, and then also the forgetting that this isn't a normal season. If this was a normal season that started in August, we'd be mid September at the latest right yeah. now. Yeah, which is not not a point to be making grand predictions on how the season is going to finish. I mean, people did that in the title winning season a couple of years ago. We we, cer- we certainly had performances like Tuesday nights early on in the title winning season. Yeah, yeah, that turned out. You want to get performances out of the way early on, learn I'm from them. S- Certainly not. Yeah, certainly not. Again. You know, bedwetting, gunning out type nonsense here. Uh, oh no, no, no not, so don't at me. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking sick of that. Um, but but yeah, it's just it was that whole the atmosphere around it. Ever on the telly, where it's just, this is not County. This is you know these are the types of games we want to be involved in. The kind of yeah, against yeah, the yeah. you know our, our promotion rivals and let's test ourselves against you know the, the better teams in the division. And it just it was yeah for me it was a little bit embarrassing. Well, we didn't we, we didn't turn up, did we? At the end of the day, that's that's no the, no no. That's the most disappointing right. thing for me. I mean, can we can we all agree then if you know when we play West Ham if it's Six nil or more, then that is embarrassing. That is what I would call embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. It goes yeah. to five nil. I mean, to a Premier League team to be. Well, mind you, oh, it's probably a bit. It, it, yeah, yeah. For me, for me, it depends on the on the performance, and that's kind of what it really comes down to. But, but, I'm not asked. I'm not, I know it's better to beat West Ham, but I know. But the, the performance, no. though, I mean, embarrassment to me, being a county fan, is is. Being shamed by all other fans that have you, you know your mates and your work colleagues and all that sort of stuff, they don't see the performances. They just see the results. They only see the fucking results of their own matches. So, do you know what I mean? So when you when you go to work, say say we lose four 0 at home to West Ham in the in the FA Cup, going to go to work the next day and people are going to go, oh four 0 it's kind of expected really, isn't it? We got we 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 could have we could have had twenty shots, you know, and, and loads of possession, but they still beat us four 0 But if we're going to work and it's six 0 then it's like oh, it's a bit embarrassing that. In terms of stuff being embarrassing or how how you react to different results, let's not forget that the you know the, the hopes and targets sort of changed. So 20, 20 years ago, when we were in the championship, only beating Rochdale 
2-1 would have been a bit of an embarrassment. Scraping, well, scraping through, yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. now, yeah, but, but now we beat Rochdale 2-1, but because of where we are, it's mm. a massive result, you know what I mean? Embarrassing for them, that game. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah absolutely. quite right. Yeah. Plus, no one's at work, no one's at work these days, so if we lose, lose by double yeah. figures, no one's going to be asked. He's just sat in your pyjamas the next day. Get loads of <laughs> yeah, it's just, just going to be... Uh, it's just going to be people on Twitter with pictures of Edison Cavani as the profile picture taking yeah. the piss, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was just that we let ourselves down, didn't we? And I think that, that was the main thing for me. That's yeah, that's def- what really wound me up. Yeah, that's that's what wound me up. Wound me up the most, and our kind of lack of a plan B, and just got kind of like a desire and energy. We were just looked so flat. It was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't pleasant, was it? Yeah, and I, d- I didn't understand. I mean, nope. I didn't understand the kitchen. The kitchen um, substitution. No. I just didn't. I, I just didn't get it. But no. you know, he, put, he, he obviously had his had his ways, which we didn't find. No, out. Didn't do an no, no post match interview and yeah. no quotes from uh, Sam Byrne on Twitter either. I noticed that. There is a pre match interview just for Saturday, just been put on YouTube. Maybe we should have watched <laughs> that we before we recorded. Yeah. Really, that, that would have been a good idea, wouldn't it? <laughs> Jim said it was an embarrassing performance. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, hey, Dave, Dave, Dave Long, if he, if he says that, I will publicly apologise and I'm on your side. Honestly, <laughs> sounds, sounds good to me. Well, yeah, Jim, Gannon, Jim Gannon said it was embarrassing, but then um, Dave Conlon <laughs> came out of the wardrobe in the corner of the room and said, well, I don't think yeah. embarrassing is the right word, no, actually. So, I'm I'm just, just, just... <laughs> Tweeting Jim now, right? I'll give you a tenner if you just say it was embarrassing. <laughs> um, let's let's should we move on to the other bit that we we, we kind of disagree on as well, which is the, the um, yeah the, 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 the Adam Thomas uh, retaliation. Um, I, I, to be honest, it's one of those on, things, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah, good on you. Jim Gannon won't like that. Well, he dragged him off, didn't he? I'm sure he dragged him off for that reason. Not not because he was... Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think the blood pissing out of his shin <laughs> might have had some... But if, he, if it was down to the injury, he would have took him off straight away. He wouldn't have come back on. So I reckon... That's it was, what I'm thinking, yeah. I reckon oh, yes, true, yeah. Because he just kicked lumps out of him. But yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, we think we don't... In the same situation, I don't think any of us have said we wouldn't have done that. So... For, for me, though, I, for me, shithousery is, is, is Neymar in the World Cup. Yeah. You know, yeah. diving all over the place, whinging, crying, being an absolute dick who you just hate because, yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd even dislike him if he was on your own team and he's on the opposition team. You hate him. Like Rivaldo getting hit with a fly, flyaway football and holding yeah, his face. Yeah, his face, yeah. yeah. But actually, when someone assaults you and, and like sticks the studs half a centimetre into your thing, into your leg, I think getting up and kicking him into the stand is probably the best thing you should. Add yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it doesn't fall under my shithousery. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not willing to die on the shithousery hill. To be honest, the embarrassing hill. Yeah, but not not the shit. I mean, yeah, I just come out with that. That kind of it was. Yeah, it was petulant and it was yeah. ill-disciplined and yeah, and I, I just. I just I just plucked the word shit house out of it, but but yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I would have done it. Whatever would you call it then? Whatever would you call it? Um, as a manager, if you were, if that was your team, if you were Jim, and you saw that, 
would you be angry with him or would you just say, right, I've got to take you off because that's the way we play our game and I've got to be seen to be doing it from the quiet. Yeah. That's absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Because Jim's an ex-professional and he knows what happens. And, yeah. you know, it's it's probably happened to him and he's probably been on, you know, both the receiving end as well, you know what I mean? Um <laughs> Yeah, Jim's, Jim's definitely been injured, been injured by some stupid tackles. You know yeah, that. so yeah. I'm sure, yeah, he said, you know, this is the way I run my team, so you're not getting away with that. Yeah. But, yeah, nice one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what Adam, that's what Adam's done as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, I think we, we know Adam Thomas has been with the club for five years now, so we know we know he's a top professional. He just keep, keeps on improving. He keeps working hard to improve. Let's not forget when when we first went from part-time to the, the hybrid, where there was the, the optional extra days training, <laughs> yeah. he was the, Adam Thomas yeah, was the first one doing that. Yeah, I, yeah I, he's I a think, good professional. I, yeah, yeah, I, I was going to say, I think professional is the right word because he did. it was professional of him to not... Lunging two footed and get himself sent off. He gave the lad a kick as, as he as he went as he sort of yeah. all right. He went he went for him and gave him a kick. You know, granted, but and the lad reacted as though it was a two footed challenge. Yeah, and, that uh, put him yeah, into and, the, and the lad reacted as if he'd not done any, he'd not done anything wrong in the first place. It's like what the fuck have you, have you seen yeah. what you've done to him? So I think I think I think but yeah I think he acted right quite you know he did he did well really I thought not to. Like you say, they kick him in the, into the stand. I thought he did pretty well not to do that. Which is another reason why bringing him off probably was the right thing to do in that sense. Because, I mean, he, he probably at that point he'd got his revenge. His revenge was taking a swing at him and taking a yellow. But if that hadn't have happened, he then could have, yeah, he could yeah. have thumped him. He could have gone in two foot himself and we'd have been down to 10. So in, in that sense, in the game management sense, it made sense to bring him off, if you do know what I mean. So we're still on course for first in the fair play <laughs> table. <laughs> at least we'll win that. I hope. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll have that. Yeah. They should give us a place in the Europa League. <laughs> to that. We're on the edge of the playoffs in the shithousery table and mid table in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I'm glad we got that cleared up and we're all still mates. So that's good. Well, I think. Oh, I think we have. <laughs> well, speak, speak, speak for yourself, mate. I'm going to fucking kill, kill you all when we finish, do you? Um, so that's that's Notts County. Um, so we, I think we can draw a line under that. On to Geisley at the weekend because they, they beat Charlie. Um, in the cup, th- thank God it's Geisley. I, I can't be asked with another. It's just ninety minutes on a Saturday, but I can't be asked with all the Chorley shit all over again. Not so much from the Chorley side of things, but just from the bedwetters. <laughs> I just can't. People tweeting. Yeah, Scott I, Ducks I can't be asked. Oh, can't be asked seeing that that video from the dressing room again, or you know, fucking oh, just you know, let it go. Have a day off. I'm sure Chorley are quite happy to be out of the trophy anyway with a big FA Cup game around the corner and they need to turn the league form round. So I'm sure they're, they're quite happy with that. I want us to go out of the trophy. Anybody else? It's going to be very strange on Saturday actively supporting Geisley. Cause yeah. it, depends, it depends what team we put out as well because we've got the reaction to Notts County to think about. So do you, do you think Jim will put out almost the same team, some of the, some of the bigger names from Tuesday? to get a reaction out of him, or will we see wholesale change? It's going to be interesting yeah, to see yeah. what he does. Possibly, yeah. I'd go second string from now on till the end. I'd take Vernon Bear up top. <laughs> the league's more important, yes. Well, Steve Bellis in Fitzy there. in midfield. Yeah. Kenny Rockwell in, in the holding role. The ghost of Jack Connor on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd yeah, I mean, I'm, I might be in the minority, because I 
quite like to see us do well. I mean, the league's obviously the priority. Don't get me wrong. The, you know, I want us to get promoted more than anything, but I, you know, like to see us do quite well in this. But COVID break, stop start season. COVID break. I, I saw them supporting the Sex Pistols at the free trade. Oh, you're <laughs> Me, me, Paul Morley, and okay. We, we all went and started bands. It was brilliant. Oh. But yeah, I mean, I'd like to see us do quite well in it. Um, I'm sure we can get past Geisley with you know resting, you know, four or five players quite easily. So yeah. at the end of the day, I, I, I know we've been a bit, a bit bullish. So you know, it's going to be strange supporting the other team. But I, I genuinely do want us. To, I want us to win every game, even if it's a competition that's low down our list of priorities, especially after Tuesday's result, winning breeds confidence, and I think we need a bit of that now. It's another uh, it's another parallel to 96-97, isn't it? Because uh, that season, if you remember, we went up to Burnley uh, and literally played the reserves. I think there was only one, was it Flinney, who played? It was the first teamer that played that yeah. night and we beat them. So, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, he may want to play some of the bigger names as, as a as a way of getting over Tuesday or, or as, as a way of getting a bit of match fitness back after the, the COVID break. But, if not, play the kids and yeah, let's hope we win, but just not at the expense mm. of the league. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. I'm with Dave as well. I always watch to see see us win. Would never actively support another team. Yeah. But I know you're joking, Nick. But yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's it's more. Yeah, it's it's more just uh, if we lose, yeah, how well it yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. it. I don't. I don't think we'll be having a massive inquest and debating the difference between shit hours <laughs> and, <laughs> and depends, doesn't it? Hey, you don't know. What's going to happen? But it's funny because um, I, I know that I will be watching it on Saturday. I'll be paying. Well, well I assume we'll, the season ticket holders will get the get the stream free, will we? But I, I don't know. But I'll still pay to watch it. Whatever. But I just, I just, I just. I, I know, I know well, now yeah. that I just won't be as inter- I won't be as interested or as nervous as I was on Tuesday night. You know, we yeah, yeah. playing Notts yeah. County. That, Tuesday night felt like a big game to me. So you know, it, it was deflating and stuff afterwards. Saturday. It's almost like a freebie. It's a free match, isn't it? Almost. But I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. But what a great title for this podcast. Shithousery and Retribution. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I don't want to die on the hill of Shithousery. I was thinking that song. Uh, is it Blueberry Hill? I found my frill on <laughs> Shithousery Hill. Who <laughs> <laughs> can do a Fats Domino impression? Not me. <laughs> Dave, Dave, you're the one for, you're the one for jingles, so... <laughs> yeah. So on, on to off-the-pitch mm. matters, then. There's new blue lights in the Cheetle end. Oh, <laughs> we need to establish what are they actually? What what are they? First Probably of all, four, are they just yeah. for the yellow light. Are they LED lights that can change colour? Can we have a light show? Can we have some banging shoes, as the young kids say, as the, as the teams run out? I'm not sure, but either way, it's going to be fucking hard to shoot up. Oh, you stand now. fucking beat me to it! I just <laughs> about to say that. It, fe- it feels like Stott's been, you know, on Heaton Lane, where all the boy racers congregate. Yeah. With the neon lights on the cars and it stinks of McDonald's milkshakes. I swear, <laughs> I swear, he must have been down there. All that's missing is some some girl with low self esteem getting fingered on the back seats. <laughs> 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 oh, 
I, I'm done, chaps. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to finish off the last hour or so and just let me know when you finish recording. I'll, I'll come and hit stop. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. I'm laugh more than it should. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. What, what do we think about the lights? Are they are they, they going to stay that colour? Is that just it? We're just going to blue instead of yellow? No, I think <clears throat> maybe they get scooter to play <clears throat> next summer. No, I, th- I think I've, I've got it, lads. I've got maybe. it. I was thinking about this when, when when we play some new walking out, you know, running out music. It's going to be like the modern, you know, the modern stadiums where they do flashing lights and maybe some play, play an hour. Yeah, if you've ever just. Just going back to the podcast last week with Chloe and we talk about Italian football. If you've, if you've ever seen um, Juventus' stadium mm. just before a game, they do all that, you know, all the kind mm. of all the lights and stuff and projections and things. So but that's what we're going to be doing. Do, do, you, do you think having like three and a half thousand people rattling round in an 11,000 capacity stadium kind of negates the impact of the lights and the music. It does seem like they're taking the piss a little bit, doesn't it? I'm not yeah. sure. You know, I think it, I've been to um, I've been to the Etihad a few times because uh, my son-in-law's a, a City fan, got a season ticket, and when he when he hasn't been able to go, I've been. And even though you might, it's, it's good of you to help him out, Dave. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's you know they they did it for us on the Friday night all in the. 80s. You, you can talk about this in years to come. <laughs> oh, there'll be five million of us there. But for all that you can sort of. I mean, I've, I've said this before, football fans are a very small-c conservative bunch. And you get people who say, oh, bloody hell, music after we score a goal and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, OK, I, I take the point with regards to that particular one. But in terms of building up to a game, you go to some, and I guess it's the same other Premier League games as well. I, I, I don't know, I've only been to City recently. But they really, really do get the emotion flowing. And, and, and despite, the, you can be as cynical as you want. But when they're playing, this is our Manchester um, on the video screens, and they're pounding out Oasis, and the sound system's amazing, there's bass and all the rest of it. You do find yourself getting swept up in it, and and as a result, the game starts and you are hyped up. Even yeah. me as a neutral, um, obviously supporting City when I'm there because I'm there with my little grandson or whatever. But as a neutral, you're excited for the game, and it, it's amazing what what that kind of stuff can do. And and even if we've got, I mean, I don't think we'll be down to two thousand. I think we'll probably be averaging four or five, unless yeah. unless the uh, the bottom falls right out of it, maybe even six, seven, eight. But if you get that kind of crowd with a decent PA, decent sound system, you've got lights flashing, you've got a big video screen, which we could record our own build-up to the game thing like they have at City. They have like shots of the of the town and it says this is our city and you've got someone narrating it. If we have that on the big screen behind the railway end, we've got fantastic lights and a great sound system. I think it'll blow your socks off, I really do, and I just hope that's the way we're going with it. Oh, I got a bit. Yeah. I got a bit excited then. I got a bit of a ting- yeah. tingle then. Yeah, I did a bit of a wee then. So I'm just just thinking about it. But you're absolutely right, Dave. Yeah, yeah. As much as it's um, you know a little bit cringeworthy at times when you see other teams do it and play music after a goal and stuff. That kind of stuff, like you say, it gets the kind of neutrals involved, and we will be attracting a lot more now. And kids, and if, if you get it right, and I think for me that's probably the the, the line. I mean, I've, I said in my book when I, about ninety six seven that when Carlisle played the uh, Buster Blood Vessels version of the Can Can after their goals, I thought it was one of the most amazing things I've ever I've ever heard. <laughs> Hilariously funny, apart from anything else. But yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd agree. I'm not totally against uh, goal celebration music because again, music enhances the emotional experience of something. Generally. I've always mm-hmm. been massively against goal music. It's one of them things that has always made my shit itch. 
And then I got the new FIFA not long back, and they've added it on there. Yeah. And AC Milan's goal music is that that trance song, you know, that Zombie Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I'm fully on board now. <laughs> but even if you're not, and even, like I say, you know, conservative, small C, conservative football fans don't like change. None of us do. Um, if, for my mind, if all your bells and whistles, razzmatazz, leads up to the kickoff, at which point it stops and the crowd take over. I don't see any problem with it whatsoever. If you've hyped up the crowd to a level that that initial roar when the kickoff happens is sustained and louder and lasts longer, because I think it, mm-hmm. it, I think it will give a, a, an advantage to the home team. Is, yeah. is that, that's why that, it's a weird thing to say, but when they have a minute silence for someone who's died mm. before the game, yeah. that roar at the end of the minute silence is almost like the triumph of life over death. But a minute silence for Barbara Windsor. <laughs> 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 what a Saturday for Barbara, do you think? Yeah, like Celebrity I... tip flasher, Barbara Windsor. I think it does sound a bit cringy, but maybe every time I've heard it from another club, it has been cringy because it's something shit and it doesn't really go with what, what, what you're seeing at the time. I reckon if... Yeah. Well, once you've yeah, exactly, dagger yeah, again, you know. With us, I mean, we, how, how long after a how long have we been singing after we score a goal at home? The uh, da, 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 da. we've done it. That's right. If they played that, that yeah. years, if they played that, and had it ninety six, really, I it came in around about that. that so there we go. So if we, yeah, if we, if, exactly. Yeah. So if, we, if if they play that and the lights are going because it's a Tuesday night. I don't think I, 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 I think that'd be pretty good to be honest. It has to be has to be tasteful, doesn't it? it? Has to be tasteful. Yeah, I mean, like you say, Russ, when you've watched it on the telly and it's another team, and yeah, it all seems a bit yeah. corporate and a bit forced. But it's not. It's not your team. It's not. You know, it's not the ninety-second yeah, yeah. minute, is it? You know, what I mean, if it was counted, the ninety-second minute, and we score yeah. and we win and blah blah. And, you you'd be singing along just as the same as everybody course, else yeah, in the ground, have, and um, you know it has to have integrity. So that if you say that that came in in '96, the fact that it came in in '96 and we've been doing it ever since, it's not just like we've chose a song from the pop charts. Do you know what I mean? We chose it and done that. No, no, I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop charts, granddad. But you know what? The, the, the ones that I hear, like pre-match, that I think. I think that no, I, I like them that they're traditional. These Newcastle's and Everton's, I think they've both got pre-match music, haven't they? Where you just know as soon as you hear it, you know that that's that ground. Am I right with with Newcastle and, and Everton? Everton still come out to yeah, Zedka. and Newcastle's uh, yeah. is something, yeah. but it's dead, dead distinct, distinctive. But I, I don't know. Blade and Race, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, local hero. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Did somebody just um, fall over there. Someone fall over it. Yeah, just knock my microphone over. <laughs> Dave's, a, Dave's that excited about the thought of goal music. I'm a right So I was going to say, I've, I've, I've been Palace away a, a, few, uh, a couple of times, a couple of times with County and, and not with County actually. And their goal, their goal music is just fucking shit. I don't, I don't even know what it is. I can't remember what it is now, but it just sounds so corny. It's horrible. Oh, Palace are so plastic though, anyway, aren't they? With that bloody ultras section they have with the flat mm. and the noise. Well, I don't, I don't like them as a. As a it's it's too artificial. Yeah, it can, it, it can be done well. Yeah. We did, yeah, yeah. It, it can be done well. 
Like there are clubs that do do it well, but yeah, Palace it just seems so plastic and so so artificial. Yeah, am I right in saying as well that if we're going to do anything like this, we'd need to upgrade the sound I, system? I'm oh, absolutely, yeah. Horrendously yeah. I'd be surprised if I mean if, if they don't, then then that's another that's a they've hit the post, haven't they? To, you know, if if they don't do that, yeah. I, I, I know I know we're 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 speculating now, aren't we? But if these lights are coming in, they're going to be flashing and stuff like that, which would be great. If they, yeah, you're right. If they don't update the sound system, then It'll be shy. It'll be a. I'm more worried about alienating the epileptic fan base. <laughs> Keep your eyes shut. Be all right. <laughs> is, that, is that your medical advice for epileptics, Dave? Absolutely. <laughs> Keep your eyes. They should put that at the start of films. This film <laughs> flashing images. Just keep your eyes shut. You'll be reading. <laughs> you can listen to the music. You all right? <laughs> Riding the Valkyries, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, just going back to the Geisley match, though, um, we we now believe that he will be rotating the squad. According to the interview that's just been posted. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. So. Yeah, I, I approve as well. Like you say before, if there was a reason for giving someone a run out, uh, fair enough, but he obviously thinks that's not necessary with the team, the first team. So, yeah. yeah. Let's play some, some second stringers and see how we do. Happy days, right? Shall we? Shall we leave it there for half time? Then, then we'll we'll touch on tea party. Sounds good. Yes, I think. Yeah, that's brilliant. Nice I can one. go and get myself another drink. Uh, in the in the meantime, we've got a little uh, little brain teaser from a county fan who you may well be familiar with. So enjoy and get. Feel free to get in touch in all the usual places with your answer. Ta da. Feck. Yeah. Arse. Massive. Dung. Wankchester. Girls. Yes, it's Doss's quiz, fresh from Marion's board. And this week the question is... In which year did one of County's players wear odd socks and score a hat-trick two games in succession? And what was unusual about floodlights in second game? So the king says, I don't give a shit if it's Christmas. I said ping pong balls, not King Kong's balls. So tea party then. And we're back, we're back, we're back from a, that very long break. Uh, tea party then. But we're missing, yeah. Dave, what, what have we got tea party wise? Uh, before I do that, do you want to play the jingle? Oh, sorry, right. yeah, fuck's sake. <laughs> Do you remember the air crash? Do you remember the rag and bone man? Do you remember putting gravel on your butties? Do you remember having rat for dinner? Do you remember paper in your walls with spam? Do you remember what you had for breakfast? The Tea Party section of the County Podcast, proudly sponsored by Memories What Are of Stockport's one of the 73 Stockport-based Facebook groups that are scared to death of modern life. Do you remember when you last saw your trousers? It's not like I've been doing this long enough, is it? (laughs) Anyway, jingle's been played. Yeah, I've gone for the second issue, 90, which uh, is explained by the fact that we literally had two issue 90s. I did it a couple of times. I cocked up the numbering. 
uh, during the course of the hundred. <laughs> there was one in the fifties that was duplicated, and this was issue ninety. And I think we jumped from here to ninety-two. You're very much the factory records of county, aren't you? <laughs> 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 did, did, did they not have spreadsheets in the 90s Dave could you not could you not write them all down <laughs> you had spreadsheets yeah you used to I mean, not, not just look at the last draw one you did manually <laughs> done, yeah yeah can you all brief please I produced 100 brilliant fans in all of you now I think uh, what it was um, I used to go and change the, the design of the covers quite regularly when I, when I was just a bit bored I'd have another design I think this may have been one where I just uh, I changed the design but didn't didn't up the number by one. Anyway, it's uh, it's the first first one of I think what was possibly the final season because um, roughly ten a season we used to do, and this was issue ninety one, uh, even though it's called ninety. So I think this may have been the last season of the fanzine. But um, yeah, there's a couple of things um, that, that comes out of me. Another camp, another camp referees in this one. Um, to build on the, the camp referee discussion we had last time. Um, first one is, oh, you, it's the camp referee. So, and then uh, our friend is saying, I was there, you know, at the World Cup vote, I was. Official observer, if you like. Well, I wouldn't care to say what I've, I've observed in my time, Freaky. There's another one that I think it's called, which shows about, you know, how desperate we were getting, really. We were doubling up on the camp referees. This one's back from Ore, it's the camp referee. You know, I told you it was at the World Cup vote. Mm hmm. You know when they talk about what had gone on, quotes, behind locked doors? Well, I don't know about anyone else, but you really don't want to know what went on behind my locked door. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so, together. <laughs> but I think as we discussed last time, by this point, he was just coming along. There was no uh, pretense at trying to explain laws of the game. He was just coming on and being camp. And why not? Um, yeah, another little, one of the little fillers we've had. We talked about fillers before. This one was Jimmy Hill saying ah. And there's just a picture of Jimmy Hill with a speech bubble saying ass. Which is, I don't know, that. But one of the ones, the main one I want to talk about on this one, um, there's a bit of a story behind it. And I know this was a, like I say, this was the first one of a new season. And I was so, so frustrated at this because, um, cast your minds back, what would it be about, well, it's nearly 20 years now, isn't it? If not slightly more. But there's a film called uh, U571. Which yeah. brought out mm. and basically Hollywood in the in the way that Hollywood is wont to do rewrote the, rewrote the Second World War, and the film was about the capture of an, of an Enigma machine. I've never seen the film myself, but this is what I understand. And in the film, uh, it was the American Navy that captured it, and it was literally a complete retelling of a story, <laughs> two stories of yeah. the British British yeah. Navy capturing an Enigma machine. And as as most people know. Um, cracking the Enigma code, which was helped by the capture of the machines themselves. Um, they reckon Some people reckon it took two to three years off the war. So it was really significant that the British Navy had ca captured this machine, but Hollywood, in its wisdom, decided to, to retell it. it. It reminds me of that, fra that Frankie Boyle gag, where he says the, the Americans, they'll come and bomb the shit out of your, your hometown, and then 20 years later, they'll make a film about how it made their soldiers sad. <laughs> I think my dad, my dad once said um, my dad was no longer with us but he, he said something like um, the Americans of Vietnam spent seven years losing the war and the next 20 years winning it <laughs> and it's true, if you look at like stuff from the A-team to uh, whatever it, it wasn't a war that America lost it was a war that was a glorious victory in very many ways apparently <laughs> yeah. anyway, I, I, um, I just, just, just on that sorry, 
have, has anyone seen, well, I'm sure we've all seen it, uh, Team America? Yes. That just yeah. sums it up beautifully, beautifully for me. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. Crack on. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so what, what happened was uh, we'd gone to press with the last one of the previous season, then this film came out and so I, I had the idea over the summer of um, taking the piss and, ref- and and doing like a World Cup thing as though America had recast the 1966 World Cup <laughs> and I, I swear, I swear this was my idea, it just goes to show that not, not all plagiarism is plagiarism sometimes two separate people can have the same idea because I nearly t- tore my hair out over that summer when Private Eye did exactly the same fucking joke. See, and it was, it was <laughs> and I was so frustrated because <laughs> if it had been during the season, I would have got a fanzine out, would have been first, la la la. But because and I thought I'm not losing it, I'm going with this joke anyway because I'm sure not. There's you know the Venn diagram of Tea Party readers and, and Private Eye readers probably doesn't intersect very with very many people in the middle. Mm. So I thought I'm going I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm sure some people saw it and thought, oh, he's just ripped off Private Eye. That's fair enough. It's funny. It's a funny idea. Why not? But, you know, it really did bug me that I had this idea separately. But anyway, um, I did a pretty shitty, um, wasn't it Photoshop in those days? It was like, um, I took the famous picture of Bobby Moore on um, the shoulders of whoever was holding him up. Nobby Sorry, Dave, that, that's famous tea leaf, Bobby Moore. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, Nobby Styles and Ray Wilson, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. but not in my picture though. In my in my very basic Photoshop, <laughs> which printed up really badly as well, so it didn't look great. Um, he's not holding up the World Cup; he's holding up an Oscar. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks played Brad Moore. I've got Hugh Grant, Lucille Balls in there, Charlton Heston, James Earl Jones, Jim Carrey, and Max von Sydow. They're put in as as pictures. But if you turn the page, and I don't know why I didn't do it as two separate sides to the same um, dual view of, of but yeah you had to turn the page which was a, a cock up on my part basically I'll, I'll sort of read you mostly it said uh, lying bastard pictures present from the makers of U571 and The Patriot because U571 was the film that uh, recast the Second World War yeah. The Patriot also was a, a Mel Gibson film that apparently took some liberties with the truth it's not like Mel is it to do something like that <laughs> <laughs> present put it in this sort of gothic uh, script gothic typeface WC 1966. In the bleak days of the 1960s, the world was a dark and evil place. The USA had only recently won the war, and whilst they were well on the way to putting a man on the moon, it became clear that, the, that mankind needed a lift. I've actually said that the mankind needed a lift. No doubt me typo there. <laughs> Thus was conceived the most audacious plan of the 20th century. Team USA would win the World Cup. It wasn't going to be easy. The group stage saw them drawn against El Salvador, North Korea and Cuba. You'll note a theme in the teams that they played against. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get it at first, but yeah, yeah. Uh, get it now. in the quarters of Russia. The semis saw them face Vietnam. <laughs> Indomitable spirit and a healthy dose of mom's apple pie. And that's what it says. Please note that mom's apple pie TM is available in the foyer of all good theatres. <laughs> so the courageous team fight their way through to the final where Germany awaited. <laughs> mighty German machine who had powered their way past Poland, Holland, Austria, North Africa and France on the way to <laughs> where they whipped a sorry-looking Team England's ass to be stopped. Would the evil Kaiser Beckenbauer fulfil his lifelong ambition to lift the golden statuette from Her Majesty Queen too? Could plucky offensive quarterline backer Jeff Hurst keep his promise to the little crippled kid he had befriended <laughs> and score a hat-trick of home runs to win the World Cup for the free world? <laughs> Starring Tom Hanks as Team Captain Bradmore, Charlton Heston as Bobby Charlton, 
Brad Pitt as midfield pin-up Nobby Styles. I don't just throw this together, you know. This is the Charlton, this is Bobby Charlton. This Brad Pitt, the most attractive-looking man in the world at the time. Your <laughs> <laughs> ball as Alan Ball. Hugh Grant as Martin Peters. John Cleese as Jackie Charlton. Meryl Streep as Queen Elizabeth II. Max von Sydow as the Russian linesman. <laughs> Jim Carrey as Frank Beckenbauer. <laughs> James Earl Jones as Alfred Lord, Lord Ramsey, Earl of Ipswich. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it. I'm not sure. Lying Bastard Pictures present an Alfred Hitchcock film. No, sorry, uh, an Orson Welles film. Yes, that's it. Orson Welles. Sorry, Tom Hanks, Hugh Grant, Charlton Heston and Jim Carrey. Oh, yes, and Oliver Hardy and Marilyn Monroe and Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, it just goes on a bit at the bottom. But, uh, yeah, it was basically, that was the joke. Um, pretty long-winded way of expressing the joke, but I think it was all right. And, yeah, yeah Private Eye ripped, ripped me off. First that hislop. I remember this from, from the time, from when it was first out. Not the film, obviously, but the, the tea party. But, uh, <laughs> um, and I never realised that he's holding an Oscar and not the World Cup. I'd never seen that before until you mentioned it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I say, I don't just throw these fanzines together. Yeah, that playing Vietnam in the semis was a real tough game. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just wonder if um, I sound fucking hell. I sound like Boris Johnson then. But I just wonder if Vietnam would have been a group game and not a semi-final. Have you got that wrong? You thought too much about it, Russ. You <laughs> <laughs> don't just throw it together, you know. <laughs> and Vietnam had the best soundtrack of any war as well. <laughs> Yeah. And to be honest, it was yeah. it was very much um, ripping off the the strike, the famous comic comic strip um, comedy, which I don't know if you guys have seen, but it tells the uh, story of the miners' strike, where Meryl Streep plays Arthur Scargill's wife and Al Pacino. Oh yeah, Alfred Scargill. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what though? All, naming all those all those film stars and what have you, it takes me back to an era when. It just seemed like every film star was American. I know you mentioned Hugh Grant, but every, every, even you know, like you say, they even drafted Mel Gibson in to do British things, didn't they? Yeah, like William Wallace in fucking Braveheart. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, for fuck's sake! But now, now it's just yeah. it's just it's British people doing proper proper stuff in it. That's what it feels like to me, anyway. And Jim Carrey doing every single film. <laughs> yeah, he must, he must exactly. Have at least yeah. about seventy-five films in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, the, the other main article I wanted to pull out of this one was um, people who used to buy the fanzine regularly will remember that Graham Morris, um, I think he's called Diddy. He's, he's um, I presume he's still going, and, and people know who he is. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Used to write those were the days, which was like I think he used to do it from like a massive scrapbook he kept. He, he was a, he was a you know a bit of a statistician in terms of uh, following county. I'm sure there's a few people like that. But what he did, he started doing reviews of seasons. And I think he probably started in the 70s or 80s. Um, and we started printing them in the fanzine. But obviously, because each season only took a fanzine, there came a point where he was almost catching up. And this was possibly the last one he did for us. Because uh, it gets a bit meta. Because this is like issue 90, which is is, is like 2000, 2001, I think. Uh, and the review of the season is from 97, 98. So it's only like a couple of years earlier. And it is meta, as I say, because part of the review quotes me as editor of the, of the fanzine the tea party fanzine saying something something about whatever happened in this season so we nearly caught up but there's a couple of really good things and you know if anybody does have old issues of the fanzine um it's worth diving into these reviews by graham because they, they really do give a massively detailed breakdown of the seasons concerned and there's quite a few things popping up in this one um 
one that caught my eye, I don't know if uh, any of you guys have seen other stuff. I think uh, Nick said, mentioned something he's seen, but um, it says here, the pre-season preparations began against Chester 3-0, which was played behind closed doors at the club's Nutsford Training Centre. Chairman Elwood then launched a sensational takeover bid for Sale Rugby Club when he offered a down <laughs> payment of 750 grand for controlling share of their playing activities plus 50,000 a year for 25 years. And that's the only mention of it. There's no other detail than that. And he's obviously just lifted it from a local paper, I would guess. But, you know, talk about irony in view of what came later oh, and yeah. also how different county's history might have been. You know, would we still have Elwood as chairman of, of, yeah, of yeah. sports with rugby and football being played under Edgley, Edgley Park? Would, uh... It's another, another one in a series of massive sliding doors moments, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something that, that, I mean, it's, it's obviously been reported somewhere, but it just seems to have been missed in the sort of county legend that well before Brian Kennedy and his UPVC windows arrived at Edgeley Park, <laughs> Ken Elwood was trying to take over in a similar way in the other direction. Um, yeah, I mean, what got me there, Dave, on just just after that was the amount of money we were paying for players. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just pull, ridiculous. There's a pull quote on the fourth page of this article which says, it was the first time in the club's history that they put out a team worth a cool million. So we literally fielded a team. I mean, I presume eight hundred thousand of that was Ian Moore. Yeah. Even so, you know, we we put out a team that had cost us over a million quid. I mean, Colin Woodthorpe, as good as he was, we paid one hundred and twenty grand for him. Yeah. I, Ian Gray, two hundred grand. Yeah. Paul Cook, two hundred and fifty. Actually, you know, I, I don't think this does include Ian Moore. I think we're getting there because of with with, with the other players as well. You know, when you think. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, Kevin Cooper was hundred and odd one, eh? and yeah, yeah. Nixon hundred and fifty grand. I remember, I remember Ian Moore at the time when when we it was eight fifty we spent on him. Yeah. yeah, I remember, I remember it being you know a wow figure. Yeah, you know, yeah. almost triple anything we'd ever done before. Well, this actually does predate it because he lists the team. I'll just quickly run through it: Nixon hundred thousand, Sean Conley three, Collingwood thought one twenty, Bennett eighty. Flynn, 150. So some of these were before this year. Some of these were, you know, bought by Bagara. Um, McIntosh, 80. Gannon, 70. Paul Cook, 250. Brett Angel, 120. Alan Armstrong, 35. And Kevin Cooper, 150. And so that, that adds up to a million quid. And that doesn't include, as I say, um, Ian Moore. So at that point, we were probably putting out a team that, that cost two million. Ian Moore to the season after, I'm sure it might have been. I don't it know. Might have been, yeah. Can, can, we all, can, we all, can we all just appreciate Tom Bennett at, at eighty grand? That's ridiculous, isn't it? How much did we sell him for in the end? We didn't. Uh, I don't think. He, I don't think we. I don't think we got anything from him, did we? No, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Because in terms of how much did Alan Armstrong cost? Did someone say thirty-five grand then? Yeah, we yeah, we're told him for what one and a half. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it, him and Liam Dickinson must be the two in terms of how much we spent. Yeah, it's Liam Dickinson was what three grand or something. It'd be nice to see a ranking of the biggest profits because uh, yeah, I mean, what do we get for Kevin Kevin Francis? And obviously, there's this players that would would have come to us on a free. I mean, Marsden didn't cost us anything, did he? Oh, well, he did actually. He's just on the, the list I've read out. You'd have to get. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, but but not not County wanted him gone, so I, I don't think we paid a lot for him. He, he was on the transfer list. And Mike Flynn was a, was a reverse transfer, didn't he? Because they uh, not Mike Flynn, uh, Mickey Quinn, because they paid us to take him off their hands, Wigan. Yeah. Yes. Francis, we we sold Francis for eight hundred k. Was it Birmingham? Yeah, eight hundred k. Yeah. There's two lists to be done. I'd love to see it. A list of the actual monetary biggest profit. You know, yeah. obviously fee. Uh, my, uh, 
sale figure minus fee. But I wonder if there's a better one to be done, which is, in your opinion, what was the best value player? Well, yeah, that's it. Value and monetary value are completely different things, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah, Sean, yeah. Connolly, Sean Connolly, three. Look at what he gave for us. Jim Gannon, 70 grand. He's still giving it, giving it to us. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, Flinney, 150. You know, yeah, probably less of a, of a thing with Flinney because he cost us more to begin with. Brilliant player, brilliant servant, but cost us, you know, Alan Einstein cost 35. You know, there's an argument that he was the best ever. Um, How much did we sell him for? Was it one and a half million? Or something? Half, yeah, yeah. That. She might top both lists, to be honest. Um, but I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the actual monetary biggest profit list and the. Yeah, but the value it depends depends on 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 what how you value value as well because Alan Armstrong goals okay you know we were signing for thirty five k sold him for one point five whatever it was yeah there's that monetary goals as well how many goals did he score within that yeah. someone like Tom Bennett you can't really put a price on the influence of a midfielder and you know stri- strikers are valued by the goals aren't they midfielders it's what is it? Is the rating every match? Do, do, do you know? Do you know what I mean? Goalkeepers, especially, especially a more defensive-minded midfielder as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's harder to quantify, isn't it? Yeah, here's mm-hmm. another thing that's just jumped out of me from this as I'm leafing through. I didn't know, uh, and it might be a surprise to quite a few people that Gary Megson won Manager of the Month for November. Yeah, and and then in true Manager of the Month winning form, we went and lost the next game. Yeah, West Brom. Lost yeah. Two West Brom. But, you know, when you consider, you know, it, it gets a bad rap, Gary Megson. And I know we've had Stuart on the podcast who, who, who defends him quite rightly and quite quite compellingly, to be honest. Um, you know, he, he does get a bad rap, but he was he was by no means a bad manager for us. He, he, in some ways, it was like after the Lord Mayor's show and whoever came as our manager was, was on a, a loser because of simply what had happened with his uh, predecessor. But, um... Well, I, I was just going to get on to that because the there's a list here of the names that were linked with the job. It's Joe Royal, Alan Ball, Phil Neal, Sammy McElroy, Steve Bruce, Paul Parker, Mervyn Day, John Dean, and Brian Flynn. Now, can you honestly say any of them would have done a better job than Megson did? No. Probably not. No, no. But if you if you read that out to some of the kids of of today who support the county now, they will be. No, no, what the fuck? No, Sam Allardyce. They'd, they'd, they'd be sat there going, "What? The f- that's a great. That's a great list of you know shortlist of managers." I think. Do you know what yeah. I think? Well, I mean, Steve, Steve Bruce was still playing at this point, so I mean, Steve Bruce and Paul Parker were both unknown quantities. No, but the, what, what I'm saying is that the, the, the names that you've just read out there, even in today's game, they, they, they carry a lot of weight, don't they? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. At the time, yeah, we were probably we were probably sat there going, "Fucking Steve Bruce, he's not, he's not, he's never managed anybody. Why the fuck would we want him?" That kind of thing. I'm sure he'd, he'd, he'd managed Birmingham at the time, if I remember. But do, do, do you think our fans say? I mean, our younger fans. Let's say, for sake of argument, they've been going to watch us for ten years. Yeah. Do, do you honestly think they'll know who Joe Royal, Alan Ball, and Phil Neal are, or even Sammy McElroy? Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe not. It's just me being an old bastard thinking, they're names them. Yeah, you're probably right, yeah. Sorry, Dave, go on. Go on, no, you're all right, mate. Well, it's, just, it's a quickie. It's just saying, you know, talking about money. Um, later on in the same article, um, this covers, obviously, Alan Armstrong returning to Middlesbrough uh, for £1.6 So he cost us 35 
he went for 1.6. So, you know, it's well over at 1.5 million profit he made for us. I would imagine he's the biggest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah in terms of monetary profit, yeah. 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 And again, well, arguably, is he, does he also top the value list? Well, that's it. That, that, I, I, I think we could do a full podcast on that and get other people involved because I've got I've got a say in that, you know, in terms of Tom Bennett. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. so, I think, obviously, we, we, yeah, you, you've got the facts of, you know, the finance, what money they brought in and how much they paid for him. But like you said, Russ, the, the emotional... Thing, what, yeah, what, what, yeah. what they brought to us on, a, on an emotional side of things, like what, what they offered the club, it's, it's like not just where the club went with them there, exactly. Not just the emotional stuff, maybe. I mean, you, you probably have to, to go with a fine tooth comb on what they contributed to each match. I mean, Tom Bennett scored some really critical goals for us. He, he, he was, you know, he was him and him and Martin in the middle were just awesome together, weren't they? Yeah, so you know, I know, I know it's, it's cliche, and it everyone bangs on about strikers. Um, nobody really couldn't, you know, they score all the goals, they got all the glory. That's why that's why kids want to be strikers. But midfielders, wingers, defenders, fullbacks, goalkeepers, there's a there's there's a play for them as well, and they all add value. So I I, I think it's worth a full podcast itself, to be honest. Definitely. Yeah. 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 How do we quantify value? There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, One of the things as well from the cruise, I was just gonna quickly jump into uh was this covered the uh, the horrendous uh, injury that Tom Bennett, speaking of whom, uh, got at Birmingham. Yeah, uh, that's what I was just about to mention. It just just give a description of it in there, doesn't it? Yeah, double compound fracture. Yeah, uh, I remember it. Cross, trying to cross it in from the right hand side one, and he and it was a it was a left back that that was. I don't think it was malicious, was it? I don't forget who the left back was, but it went to the ball. He went to clear it, didn't he? And Bennett tried to block it, and I think he he. He, the follow through caught his the bottom half of his leg, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. From a car, from one of our corners, wasn't it? I think, if I remember rightly. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think Bennett was attacking the ball, tried to volley it goalwards, but back into the back into the mixer. Yeah, yeah. The defender oh, put his yeah. foot up, and I think Bennett's shin yeah. basically caught the underneath of his foot. He was. It was. I remember. It wasn't a. It was a ginger left back, but it wasn't Sean Dyche. It was Martin Granger. Martin Granger, there we yeah, go. It is. It, it, it's, in, it's in the article. I, d- I didn't know that. I heard the crack. I just felt, I just felt sick and had to walk away. Yeah, I felt, I, I felt sick because I knew he'd be out for a long, long time. Is thought, it, is it me, or is is broken leg an injury that you don't see as much nowadays? If you go, if you look back to around the time of this Tom Bennett one, you had that horrific David Boost one. Yeah, where he's playing for Coventry at Old Trafford, that was yeah, just yeah. absolutely. Even looking at the pictures now, knocks me sick. Yeah, um, uh, Cavaco obviously had a horrific one against Watford, but it just seems now broken leg is something you see. It's very rare now. Yeah, I wonder if it's to do with pictures as well, because uh, uh, boot technology. Because a lot of these injuries caught, came when when players like Boots got caught in the studs in the yeah. pitch and, and the leg bent with a, with a tackle. I think that's what happened with Boost. I'm not sure. The last one I can think of was um, Gomez for Everton against Tottenham a couple of years ago. Yeah. That was just a total freak thing. Uh, Son Young Min fell into him. Oh yeah, and he got sent off. Didn't he, 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 he got sent off, and then he got overturned after. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. as well with the boost one. Um, my brother-in-law's wife um, worked in the uh, the part of the MRI. I think it probably was where they. 
dealt with trauma where they basically reattach limbs and stuff like that. Mm. And she said that, so obviously that's where he was taken. It was, it was that bad. He was taken to the bit where they sold limbs back on. And she said oh, it wouldn't God. have been that long before, that long ago before that incident where he'd lost his leg. Yeah. It, it literally wow. saved his leg with, with technology was, that was available at the time. He was very lucky. I, I remember I, I listened to a podcast not long ago with Gary Neville on and he was talking about it and he said, uh, Peter Schmeichel went to grab a towel and start wiping the blood off the pitch, and he said it's literal, literal bone marrow on the pitch. Yeah. Fucking hell! It's, it's, it, Peter Schmeichel had to have counselling after mm. that, and I'm not, I'm not surprised. I think he threw up, didn't he? I heard he yeah, did. He did. Yeah, yeah. He went behind the goal and threw up. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. But that's what that was. I think it was about five or six minutes into the match as well. It's very early on, and it's it's a miracle they carried on playing. Really. Yeah. 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 I mean, if if you look at, I mean. He basically nearly died on the pitch, really. And if you look at what happened to Mount, um, no, uh, Muamba, Fabrice Muamba, yeah. uh, that, that, that game just got abandoned. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, going back to the point about seeing broken legs more now, more lead than than you did now. I mean, t- technology has moved on, and, and I think the the pitches have moved on since then. But mm. where you probably might find it a bit more is um, if the standard of the two teams that play each other is, is you know, there's quite a bit of a gap in there because it comes, you know, to fitness levels and, and quickness levels start to arise where you have a really good team or a really good set of players that can play fast. And, and then you, you get like a, a team that's not so fast coming in late and mistiming and not being as good as, as their <laughs> opponents. So it could probably happen at that stage, but yeah, you don't see it as much now. It's weird, isn't it? I don't, yeah. It seems to be head injuries seems to be the big one that yeah abandoned or stopped for about twenty odd minutes. It seems what? to be head head and neck injuries now. I was going to say, what do you think about this new proposed rule about uh, concussion substitutes? It's it's about time for me because yeah, football is about forty forty years behind every other sport when it comes to handling head injuries. Yeah, I um, do you know? Let me just say what I think. I think I think it's yeah, I think it's great. I think they should have injury substitutes. So you you know if if there's an injury you have a free substitute, but if you want to do a tactical one that's going to cost you a, a substitution. You can only do what well, two you know two a match. But if it's an injury, then then you know player welfare. Let's get them off. Let's get somebody else on. So you should, play, you should be penalised for an injury. Playing devil's advocate on that, where would you stand on a team getting a goalkeeper sent off and then wanting to bring a goalkeeper on for an out, outfield player? Because I know that's a bit of a point of contention for a lot of fans getting goalkeepers sent off that's whether it's a goalkeeper or it's a full back or you you're you get a player sent off there's you, you should be penalized but what should should they be allowed to bring another actual goalkeeper because there's, there's nothing better in football than seeing oh, going goal yeah if they're having a player sent off and then bringing an outfield player into goal that's being punished twice isn't it yeah it's like double check yeah, exactly yeah they're down to yeah. ten men anyway. So it's just yeah, if you've got well, no, if you've got if you have your goalkeeper sent off, you have to substitute an outfield player for a goalkeeper. Exactly. So you, yeah. yeah. So you're going to so you're going to be allowed. Yeah. Yeah. So that way, but if you weren't allowed to bring a keeper on, you'd be punished twice, aren't you? Because you've got. Well, yeah. Well, you, but you're but you're allowed to bring a keeper on in, in a substitute. Whether you name one on the bench is your that's your hard luck if you don't name one on the bench. Oh yeah, if yeah, there isn't one on the bench, then fine, but. Yeah. yeah, we've not all got an Adam Proud lock, have we? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of keepers, just one last thing I wanted to mention on the uh, the review there is that we sold Neil Edwards to Rochdale for twenty five grand during that oh. season. What did we sign him for? 
I've no idea. Uh, well, it'll be less than that, definitely. Oh, yeah, it's got to be. Well, and, and you think about the value that he added while he was at the club. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of value, and it's more than twenty five k's worth. I would say. Is it just me, or did, did we sign him from Rochdale in the first place? I think we did. Did we? Was he not Wrexham? Um, Leeds? No, not Leeds. Oh, yes, it's, it's Leeds. Yep. Oh, yeah, there you go then. Fucking hell. The other thing I've noticed in this thing as well was, uh, I hadn't, I hadn't realised it's just popped up now, but one of the most satisfying and enjoyable games we've ever seen at County. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll see if you can guess the game by the manager's quote afterwards. Uh, the manager concerned said, he, ended his, he began his press conference by saying he wanted to get things over quickly so he could, quote, get out of this shithole. End quote. Anyone? Ooh. Birmingham or someone like that, innit? No, it's weird. It's like, um, it's it a generational weird. thing because you guys obviously can't get it. People from my generation would probably get that straight away. It's Aldridge from Tranmere. Of course it is. But that was such a famous quote because I think the game concerned, we, it might be this game, it might be a different one, but we had someone sent off for conceding a penalty in the first few minutes, which they scored and went 1-0 up against 10 men with virtually the whole game to play. And we came back and won. And that was the <laughs> most satisfying game against that <laughs> shithouse Aldridge. Talking about... <laughs> being I can't stand Aldridge. I think he's got a lot of horrendous baggage. Uh, yeah. Reasons, which we won't go into. But, um, yeah, don't like the guy at all. But to, you know, get a player sent off, go one down from the resulting penalty and think, oh, God, this is it. And then come back and win. Absolutely amazing. And also about signings. While we're on the subject, <laughs> Martin McIntosh signed from Hamilton for eighty grand. Quality. Now, I Martin McIntosh won't make the all-time eleven, uh, mm. as we as we know. But he was really he was good. He was good oh, for, for that time for that time in the championship and that kind of team that we had. Yeah, um, I, th- I think Dave, Dave. I think you're underselling it. He was he was better than good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were playing five three two in this lineup then because we've got McIntosh, Flynn, and Gannon in this. Gannon played in midfield a lot that season, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah. He was was in midfield against Man City in the game that was streamed the other week. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was uh, McIntosh left left footed centre back. Flynn was a right footed centre back, wasn't he? Yeah, but I said before, if you ever get the chance to see the goals of the season from this season. I think they're the best collection of goals, quality-wise, that we've ever we've ever had. I mean, Definitely. that 97 yeah. was a better season in terms of what, where we finished and the outcome of the season. I'm sure there were some good goals in that season as well. But 97-98 always struck me. We scored some amazing goals, team goals, end-to-end, uh, fantastic shots. Obviously, the, the Paul Cup one against City, um, stuff like that. I just think there was a, there was about 10 or 15 goals this season that were would have made a, like an all-time goals thing no matter which season we were in it's um it's a shame isn't it that we keep on coming back to 96 97 97 98 and not into 2004 5 or yeah you know 2009 2010 but obviously that's just the way it's gone isn't it for us as, as county fans that those you know we've had uh, it probably it probably rings true that people might be getting the sense that we've you know we've had we've had a lot of shit years haven't we yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Years. And this is, you know, if you're listening, this is why we come back to these because these the particular seasons because these are the only ones that give us fucking joy. <laughs> the, the thing is, you're saying we've had a lot of shit years. 
For 99% of proper football fans, that is football. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, teams like Man United in the 90s are the anomaly. Don't have a bond, do they? That, yeah. That's never going to happen again. A team is not going to dominate for 20, 25 years ever again. Yeah. A manager is not going to get that long anymore. No chance. Yeah. I mean, oh. even, even Man City, as well as they're doing, they're not, they're not as dominant as Man United were. No. Yeah. You can go and get results there. It's a bit of football. You see it in fans and you see it reflected up in the board as well. That in any given season is what, well, say the traditional 92. I know it's, it's different figures if you include National League, etc. But say 92 clubs. In any given season, what? how many of them are going to win something? Seven, six, five? Okay, if you include promotions, you're probably going to talk about 15, 16 of those clubs. But the vast majority of football clubs in any given season will win bugger all. And it just doesn't seem to be accepted by that's my issue with, with people slagging off the England team and Southgate. We got to a World Cup semi-final playing who, who we got drawn against. It's not like we get to pick the opponents. Yeah. We played against, who who, you know, against teams that we'd normally lose to or struggle against. Got to a semi-final. They say, oh, shit, you didn't win it. So, well, only one team can win it. Yeah. Surely progress is something to be celebrated, surely. Yeah, we finished fourth in the in the in the World Cup competition. I, I'm I'm happy with that after what we've seen. It, it harks back to that um, football on the TV mentality. You know, yeah, the the the, the, the big club supporting fan that never goes to the match doesn't really get involved in the game to an atomic level. Who who just sees it on the get on the on the TV and goes, "That's shit, that." That shit. It was. It, rem- it reminds me of when those those four United fans were stood behind me at County last season, um, and every 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 attack that broke down, they're, they're just going shit, shit, shit. It's like what the fuck do you? It's football. What do you? What, what do you? They want it to be perfect. They want it to be FIFA every time. Yeah, so a lot of people don't get that. Particularly, I don't know whether I'm just because I'm I'm a bit old and knackered, but particularly kids, younger generation. Just, just like you know, if it's, if it's not eight all at half time, they just get bored, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I play a lot of FIFA. I play a lot, a lot of FIFA online, and it just gets to the stage where you're playing against these kids who are just, just they've memorised the button combinations for every yeah, single skill, yeah. skill move, and they're just doing it all around the pitch. It's like, have you watched a football match? At any point? <laughs> but yeah. then I, I, I just pass it round until I find an opening, and then I get messages saying, "Oh, kill yourself," all this. So, well, I, I'm the one who's mirroring actual football, here. <laughs> so, what's your issue? And I give me nine-year-olds. Oh, that's the best stuff, surely. <laughs> um, yeah, and Danny Begara also took over Doncaster this season. Yeah, they. Um, I mentioned quickly Kevin before the nineties football podcast. They they did an episode focusing on the the Doncaster documentary that came out that season. Uh, they think it's all Rovers, and yeah. uh, they watched it. And Danny Bagara was the only person who came out of that with any credit. Um, but there was someone else who Doncaster had in charge. I don't know if he was on the board, but 
his last job was being in charge of the lottery at County. <laughs> and it, it's mentioned on the documentary as well. There's quite a few County connections there that season. It was weird. Yeah. But that, yeah, that, there, was, there, was a, <laughs> there was a point with Danny Vergara where he, before one game, he switched all the shirt numbers around. So his centre forward was wearing number three. His left back was wearing number nine, just to try and confuse the opposition. And they conceded, well, yeah, because they conceded from a corner. And he's shouting at the players, saying, Oh, number nine, you were meant to have him. And then the assistant turns to him and says, But you you changed all the numbers, Danny. He's like, Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) 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 He comes across as a figure of fun on on that basis. And also because his record, other than County, wasn't, wasn't great. And yeah, I don't think he always gets the appreciation in the wider football world that he deserves. Yeah, really, wasn't, it, did, wasn't his fault, or was it? No, exactly, exactly. No. But also, he but, was, uh, if, if, sorry, go on. If any football oh. club is getting a documentary crew in to film him, then they're obviously not doing well. Yeah. So, so the manager's going to hide yeah. him. <laughs> but interestingly, I've just um, so picking up that that theme. Um, I've got the Independent up here in front of me uh, from sixth of March, nineteen ninety nine. And it says, um, ex-owner of Doncaster Rovers jailed for arson plot. The actual chairman set fire to the main stand, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, that's it. yeah they, mentioned, they alluded to that on the podcast, but tried, tried, not to, uh, yeah, tried not to say it in as blunt terms as you did. He <laughs> 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 found guilty. Ken Richardson, 61, showed no emotion as Judge Peter Baker QC sentenced him. He, he, um, he set fire to the stand trying to force Rovers to move to a new stadium. The plan failed when Alan Christiansen, who was hired to start the fire, left his mobile phone at the scene and was quickly traced and arrested. Brilliant. And and, and this is like 97, so that mobile phone would be fucking massive. Yeah, the, the, the investigators probably tripped over it. What the hell? Is this? Someone like... <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, I think he had like three or four businesses that had, had burnt down. It's very, very Brian Potter, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think that's about all we've got time for. So, well, normally we'd have time for more, but Zencaster has been an absolute piece of shit tonight, isn't it, gents? It is, yeah. Yeah, concur. So I think that's probably the best place to wrap it up, is it, Russ? It is. Just, just another reminder that you can get all of our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Anchor, which apparently is one of the best podcast players around and any good podcast player. Uh, you can also go to www.scarpagarawar.co.uk where you can find Dave's blog, um, some of the YouTube videos um, and other bits and bats about the podcast. Yeah. And we will, we've got Keith Briggs next week, haven't we? We've got Keith Briggs next week. And then into the new year, we have Darren Ryan and Stephen O'Halloran joining us on the show, which will be very, very exciting. Oh, and Paul Turnbull as well, but we need to confirm that yet. Excellent, excellent. That's so much to look forward to. And yeah, you'll you'll hear more from us, I'm sure, over the Christmas break as well, if you want to. And even if you don't want to, we're, we're still here, regardless of whether you like us or not. So yeah, we like a bit of shit hours, don't we? I, I like a bit of retribution. I don't know about shit hours. <laughs> See ya! See ya, bye! Bye! This podcast was written, recorded and produced by Rush Johnson, Nick Lee, Dave Espley and Dave Long. Due to social distancing guidelines, this episode was recorded remotely, so don't write in. 
For more, visit all the W's, scarfbegarawar.co.uk. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.